I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. Well, Gary, we're now ready to talk about the big guys, the best centers in the history of the NBA. Well, not in history, from 1960 till 1990. And I have to stress that because there's one guy who I know nothing about, but I'm going to mention his name, but he doesn't fall into that category because he played well. He played before the 1960s. But I think any all-time great list of centers has to mention a guy by the name of George Mikan. I know nothing about the guy. He averaged about 23 points a game, got about 13 rebounds a game, about three assists a game, 2.8 assists a game. But his team, they were the Lakers. Uh, I think they played out in Minneapolis. They won five NBA championships. So you got to give the guy a little love. Three times he led the league in scoring. Six times he was all NBA and four times an all-star. So we're not talking about people like George Mike, uh, Mike and because we're not going back that far. But, Gary, you know, I think that we're going to find, you may disagree, I think we're going to find that the best centers, unlike the power forwards and some of the other positions that we've talked about already, you know, really may have come out of the, from the 60s to the 90s. I mean, 60, 1960 until 1990. What do you say about that, Gary, before we start? I completely disagree. You disagree. Um, okay, I, so you think yes, that some yes, the best centers were also from the 1990s to 2015, 2016 to the present? 100%. Okay, okay. Then we'll, let's just work our way. We'll, we'll get there. Listeners, we will get there. Because as we work our way through, work our way through this list of the top centers, we will come back and talk about the best centers from 1990 through the, almost the present time so we'll see how many of them and then we're going to combine the two lists and we'll see how many from the 1960s to 1990s would be on the all-time great centers list and we may have to stretch that to the top 10 but we may leave it at top five and also see how that would compare with those top centers from 1990 to 2016 and or to the present uh, so I, well we'll see we'll see Gary see how it works out now, Gary, before we get started, I know I did this last time. I got a couple of guys that I, I have in the kind of in the honorable mention area because, you know, they didn't quite make it. But I want to I want to talk about them just just briefly, and then I want to make a comment about you know even before then I'll make a, a brief comment about three guys who don't make the you know the bubble category, but guys that I like seeing play over over the years when I was a kid. And then Gary, we'll talk about the uh, you know the top five, the top five centers from 1960 to 1990. And getting into that honorable mention category, not quite bubble. You know, there's a guy I like Gary by the name of Nate Thurman. He played for the uh, time Golden State Warriors, and they were the San Francisco Warriors back then. And he was just a big, strong guy. Got 15 points a game. Got 15 rebounds a game. But you knew you played against Nate Thurman when he was on the court. And then I want to mention just briefly uh, Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish was kind of the glue 
for that those Celtic teams that that won championships uh, back back during the day. And then lastly, I want to mention uh, Bob Lanier. And the reason why I'm mentioning Bob Lanier, Gary, because he was a 2010 guy. You know, he averaged 20 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, All Star eight times, but never never won won a championship like Nate Thurman never won the NBA championship. But it, I'm I'm bringing him up because. The Detroit Pistons are getting a are get, have gotten the first round draft pick in the draft this year. The number one player out of out of college, and they did it this year. And the last time they did it before that, Gary was with Bob Lanier, and so Bob Lanier uh, did lead the, the 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 Pistons to some solid years. They were not a championship caliber team, but they were a very competitive team, and. Bob Lanier was it was kind of he was a big guy wore a size of 115 shoe I'm not, I'm not sure of the shoe size but a very large but he played for a team up in, in upstate New York called St. Bonaventure so no one really they heard about this big guy who was about seven feet tall and had a nice soft jump shot well he did very well in the NBA and eight-time all-star 20, 2010 player but he doesn't make any you know to top uh, centers of, of all time list but I have that honorable mention just wanted to Give say say a word about him. I want to say a brief word about Artis Gilmore because Artis Gilmore played in the NBA and the ABA. But you know, uh, that's the word. That's all I'm going to say about him. <laughs> so, Gary, as we get ready to start, I'm going to mention my number seven and number six, or the guys who were just on the bubble, but I just could not see putting them in, even though they they do have some some I think great achievements. But when you look at my my final four, to find the top four, Gary, you're going to find that my final four top centers, all of them have won multiple MVPs. All of them have won NBA titles, in many instances, multiple titles. All of them have made the All-Star team at least 11 times. All of them have been NBA All-Stars, three of the four, 10 times. But all of them have been NBA All-NBA all team at least eight times. Two of them have won multiple scoring titles and multiple, and all of them have been multiple all defensive players. So that's how good the top four in my category would be. But my number seven would be Dave Collins, and if he comes up. Uh, well, I just thought about him recently, Gary, because I've we've I've never had him included in any of our lists in the past. But I looked at his his background, and and, and I I remember him as a as a tough undersized center and i remember going to a when i was a kid going to a basketball camp in which he was the featured guest uh one day at the camp and i got a chance to kind of rub elbows with the guy he was a big guy very strong guy and uh he was a tough celtic and the team won two titles when he played he was the rookie of the year when he came out he was also an mvp he won the mvp award in 1972 eight times he was an all-star uh, he was all NBA three times, all defensive player three times. Uh, he would hit the floor for any loose ball, and, and he would leave every game with a scratched up elbow, with bo both of his elbows scratched up, and his knees are scratched up because he was that type of. They call him a blue. They call him a what would they call him? They call him a um, lunch pail type of player because he was a blue collar, a blue, blue collar lunch pail type of player. Because he just, you know, he did whatever was necessary to 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 win the game. Average about seventeen point six points a game, 
13.6 rebounds and almost four assists a game because he did come out, did the pick and roll, came out and sometimes play like a point center for a minute. He wasn't a great ball handler. And he would uh, dish the ball off. He's a very unselfish player. Uh, played with JoJo White. They had a solid Celtic team. And um, he would be my number seven, though. And then my number six is a guy that I know personally and, and got to know when, when I was, uh, once again, probably 15 years old. I went to his basketball camp when I was 15, 16 years old. Had a chance to meet a guy by the name of Bill Bradley at his basketball camp. A little bit I know that in years to come, I would end up serving in Congress with Bill Bradley. Uh, can't find a, a nicer gentleman than the great Willis Reed. And Willis Reed was also a player that won two NBA titles. Uh, he was two-time MVP of the finals. Everyone my age remember him walking out on the court on literally on one leg and just jump, participating in the jump ball and maybe one or two plays, but one of those two plays, he got the ball and hit a 15-foot jump shot, and then they took him out of the game. But that 15-foot jump shot caused the, the, the garden to erupt because we all thought he was going to be able to play for the rest of the game, but no. He was yeah, a very injured man. He was on the court and came out only to inspire the Knicks to go on to win the NBA championship um, by, by winning that game. Uh, <clears throat> Willis Reed was a seven-time All-Star. Five times he was All-NBA and the S Rookie of the Year and All-Defensive Player. He actually came to our house, Gary, in, in Waterbury when he was going through his, his rookie year. And i never forget his, his rookie season because they always called him William Reed and Bill Reed. He used to get upset with that. In fact, when we met him, he said he hates when the papers call him, the reporters call him Bill Reed and Will Reed. My name is Willis Reed. And after a while, because of the way that he played, everyone remembered his name, and they called him Willis Reed. He was a great player, also an undersized center. They had him listed at 6'10". But he was he was no better than six nine I think, and but he was a very strong player, very smart player, extremely unselfish. Average eighteen point seven points a game, twelve point nine rebounds a game, and about almost two assists a game. Uh, so he wouldn't make the, my top top five for this era, but he comes he comes really close, and 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 uh, from a number of reasons I would put him there, but um, I would be I almost wanted to call it a tie between him and another individual who would be in my fifth spot but i'm going to stop there gary and let you tell me who will be in your fifth spot and maybe you will we'll, then i'll come back to my fifth spot since i've uh, kind of dominated the conversation so far well no i appreciate it uh, because when we do the 90s to the present i will be doing the same i'll be doing my honorable mention um as well um you know from the 1960s 1990s you have a better feel of it obviously mm -hmm. so you know i have no problem with that but my number five is actually the guy you just mentioned is Willis Reed. oh um, okay. and i'm actually surprised that you didn't put him in there because i, you, I you love him more than i do <laughs> i do i do i do i do guilty 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 but i i just could not stretch it to put him in there as i said earlier i want to almost call it a tie between him and this other guy but um being true to our word, we're going to go with the top five. I don't want to have any ties. And so uh, I had him at number six, 
and I want to show some love to Dave Collins, but go ahead. You talk about Willis Reed. He was a great player, Gary. Well, I'll talk about him briefly. Um, obviously, as a Knicks fan, I may be a little biased, but he brought the only two championships to the Knicks. And during the time, you know, during that time from 1965 to 1971, he was a seven-time All-Star. And he really kind of bridged the gap between uh, you know, a few other guys, you know, on our list that we well, I think they'll be on our list, so I won't mention them to his time in the early 70s. Um, and that's a very important um time period because um from the 60s to 90s, uh, you know, the NBA was dominated by centers. In fact, up until uh, Michael Jordan, um, a lot of people didn't think you could win a championship with just a scoring guard, so. It's not surprising that um, a lot of these centers that are going to be on our list have multiple MVPs and all the other stuff. But we can't uh, we can't not say that Willis Reed you know doesn't belong to be on this list. Um, and I'm very curious to see who's your number five because when you are the best center for a period of time, in my opinion, especially during this era, you you deserve to be on the list. I hear you, Gary. I, I I struggled with it, but when you hear my five, my four, three, two, one, people, you see how he could not make the list. But my number five person, I think it's close for me. It's extremely, extremely, extremely close. Now I've never met this individual. Like you know, to, before I met Dave Collins, worked at the basketball camp with, went to a camp in which he was there. Willis Reed. I not only went to his basketball camp. As a student, when I was 16 years old, and it, and it it turned me around as a player. I went from from averaging five points a game as a sophomore to 21 points a game, roughly, as a junior. And I give a lot of that to my four days that I spent at Willis, three to four days I spent at Willis Reed's basketball camp. I had, as as the director of the camp, was a guy by the name of Bobby Knight. And, and his assistant was a guy by the name, they, they, well, they call him Coach K, and they kind of still call him Coach K. And so the camp was an unbelievable camp. And then after, when I was a congressman, I also went and, and spent time at Willis Reed when he was general manager of the New York, at the time, New Jersey Nets. So I have a you know, close relationship with him. Your, your, your aunt dated Willis Reed. Uh, but I had to put this guy just... My number five, Gary, could be in our second group, that being the 90s to 2016 to the present. But I, you know, I was on the line because of the the years. Because if you look at his background, he was 11-time All-Star. And it shows that he, he, you know, he, he was Rookie of the Year in 1986. So the bulk of his, the bulk of his NBA career was in the 90s. And so technically speaking, uh, he should be classified more in the 1990s than in the years between 1960 to 1990. Um, now, now, granted, you could say, well, wait a minute. Now he was a all-defensive second-team player in 1988-89, but he was also that in 1992. He was um, first-team All-NBA in 1990 but then again they see 1990 would be in another category so I, sh I should have him technically speaking in our next group of of uh big of, of of big men because his achievements would fall more there than than in the 
1960 to 1990 category. So, so Gary, I, I, I should put Willis Reed in the number five spot, and I feel more comfortable with that since I do feel that he should be in the top five. And what I'll do is I'll save my time to talk about Patrick Ewing for our next segment when we deal with 1990 to 2016. So, Gary, that's my number five. My number five would be Willis Reed. So I just made a little change there because I, uh, technically speaking, it, it could cut either way, but most of his great years, that being Patrick Ewing, would be post-1990. So my number four, Gary, now we're getting into a category where all of these guys are like ridiculous. I mean, they're they're that fantastic. And and as I said before, all of them have won multiple MVPs. They've been MB. They've won multiple. Three of the four have won multiple NBA titles. They've been an All Stars for an All Star team at least eleven times, um, et cetera, et cetera. And that would be my number four would be Moses Malone. There are very few NBA players, Gary, who, regardless of your position, and I agree with you, I think that in the 60s and 70s, and to a certain degree, not as much in the 80s because you had the Pistons and you had, the, you had Magic and you had Larry Bird, it was a center-driven period. And, and, and to win the MVP, most of, this, most of the MVPs were centers back in the 60s and the 90s. I mean, 60s and the 70s. And Moses Malone won three MVP awards. Now, he was MVP also in the finals in 1982, the year they won the, the, the 76ers won the NBA title. He was a 12-time All-Star, 12-time All-Star, and he was eight times he was All-NBA and also two times All-Defensive uh, team player. Averaged 20.6 points a game, 12.2 rebounds a game, and about a, a one-and-a-half assists a game. Solid player. He was the epitome of a garbage man, however. He didn't have. He couldn't shoot from outside of maybe 15 feet, Gary. But he uh, he's, he managed to always know where the ball was going to fall. And he did that repeatedly. Now, he was also an all-star with the, in, the, in the ABA. He was one of the first players, Gary, to actually come from high school directly into the pros. And it was it's, it stunned everybody. It was like, how can this black guy? And he did well. You know, right off the bat, he played in the ABA, and he he was an all star in the NBA, and never skipped a beat. You know, six times this guy you know, Moses Malone won the rebounding title six times, and he was just a very strong player under the boards, and he knew how to win. His his teams uh, when he even when, when he was in high school. His teams won back-to-back -back state championships in uh, in Virginia. Uh, he was headed to if, if he did go to college, he would have gone to University of Maryland. Lefty Giselle recruited him very heavily from from Petersburg High School, and uh, but he opted not to play in college, and he went directly into the NBA. Played for the Utah at the time; they were called the Stars, and he uh, he he stood out there as well. Uh, so Moses Malone, Rookie of the Year in the ABA when he came out when he played in 1975 as well. Uh, he would be my number. He would rank number four on my list of the top centers during that era, Gary. And uh, was a great player. Who would you have as your number four? I completely agree with you, uh, Moses Malone. Uh, 
is my number four uh, player as well. And uh, and for him, you know, he's always the forgotten center. I would say when you mentioned some of the other, you know, like, you know, like a Patrick Ewing that you just mentioned. I think Patrick Ewing gets much more love than Moses Malone, and Moses Malone had a better career than Patrick Ewing had, um, you know, historically. Uh, you know, just look at his rebounding numbers, and and uh, in 1978 he averaged almost 18 rebounds a game. Yeah. Um, in 80-81, he averaged 15 rebounds. The next year, almost 15 rebounds. The next year, 15 rebounds. So he went on a run that he averaged about, you know, in between on 24 and 27, 28 points a game and averaged about 15 rebounds a game. In fact, one year he averaged 31, 31 points and 15 rebounds a game. And he had his career high in assists, even though he wasn't really a passer during that time. Actually, he his entire career. But, uh, you know, most Malone, um, during that run with the Sixers, he's part of the greatest, you know, one of the greatest teams in NBA history, that Sixers team that won the championship that year, mm-hmm. uh, 4-4-4, as he said best. And, uh, no, he absolutely deserves to be right here on the list. But, uh, you know, it's sad that he's kind of the forgotten player. It's also sad that they, you know, like you mentioned, you know, um, the first player to come out of high school, people don't even mention that anymore. Yeah. A lot of people just think it starts with LeBron and Kobe. And yeah. Like, no, there's, you no, know, there was guys before then, and and not just guys, a top twenty player of all time type guy. And uh, you know, he deserves to be on this list, and he deserves to be um, number four on the list, especially when you hear the other three guys. I think everybody would understand why he's the fourth guy on the list. I, I agree, Gary. And when he came out, I, I tell you, everyone was holding their breath. They said, how can this kid come out of high school and play with the NBA players? And or, and But the NBA didn't really, didn't, they didn't bite. The ABA did. The ABA did. And he played all 83 games and, and got almost 20 points a game, 18.3 points a game, and about 15 rebounds a game. He shot 57% from the field. And they said, I think this guy could play. And then he just, you know, with Houston, those numbers were just phenomenal. Okay? You, you mentioned it already. I mean, one year I was 17.6 rebounds a game, and that was, you know, in, in 1979. And with the Sixers, he won. Yeah, he, he knew how to win. He just had a nose for the ball. He couldn't jump that well. He couldn't shoot that well. But he wasn't fast. He wasn't quick. He had great moves. He had good footwork, good footwork. And he knew how to score. And he knew how to help his teammates score. And so if you saw him on the court and you said, well, okay, if you just looked at him for like five or ten minutes, you, you wouldn't even be, you know, you're saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's the that's, that's center. Yeah, yeah. Because he weighed probably about 280 or whatever. He's a big guy, 6'10". But he was, he was a force to be dealt with. And players they did not like playing against Moses Malone because when the game was over he had about 30 points and he had about 15 rebounds <laughs> so and they won the game so it was it was something and then had he not had he not you know he stretched his career so long I mean he played 92 93 with uh, with Philadelphia 94 he played with Philadelphia the Sixers again he came back but he played with Milwaukee for a little while San Antonio in those years, he wasn't himself. You know, he was the, the the twilight of his career. Even when he was with the uh, the the Hawks in 1991, you know, he averaged only about 10 points a game. So he had three or four years where he didn't average double figures, and he had his overall career numbers 
are still impressive. And he had years in which he didn't average five rebounds because he didn't play that more. He didn't play that many minutes. And so his scoring average and his rebound average truly could have been much higher had he not stretched his career into the 90s. Because if you looked at the numbers that he had were you know, in the 80s and 70s, I'm going to count right now. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. There's about 17 years in which he averaged over 20 points a game. I mean, that's sorry, 11 years in a row that he averaged over 20 points a game, well over 20 points a game, including one year in which he averaged 31 points a game. So he had a remarkable career um, and definitely deserves to be uh, mentioned in the same breath as our next three players, even though there's a, gra- there's a gap. There's a significant gap between Moses, Moses Malone and the, or at least my next three. There's a gap. There is a gap. But still, he does not diminish the fact that he was one of the best centers to play the game. Don't forget to subscribe.